Think about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't have any idea why yeah, we're, we're doing so smart. The things that we're doing. But here's the deal. There are people out there who are jerks, and we have to find ways to deal with them. I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. And Rebecca. Today, how to deal with difficult people. What we should probably do is first clarify that what we're talking about isn't behavior that rises to the level of harassment or intimidation or something that would invoke regulations that involve a Department of Human Resources in a company, for example. We're just talking about people you interact with that aren't doing anything that's in any way illegal. They're just people who just are annoying to you for whatever reason. Although I will say there are people who would be violating laws if they had treated you that way in the workplace, but it turns out you're related to them, <laughs> often by marriage. <laughs> I'm not talking from my own experience. <laughs> I just want to, I want to be clear about that. But, um, and, and they're in, they're inescapable in those yeah. circumstances yeah. because that's the thing about family. They keep inviting you back almost no matter what you do. So you got to say, so what's, what strategies can I use to make this otherwise seemingly intolerable situation more tolerable? Right. And uh, there's several things you can do. Part of it depends on what it is exactly that annoys you. So yeah. some people just have hot button issues. So there's just, there are particular topics over which either they believe they're the expert or they get extremely passionate about this topic in ways where they berate you with information, uh, whether you are inclined to agree with them or not. And in those kinds of situations, one thing you can try to do is to at least direct the conversation to topics that move away from the ones that they are so passionate about. Mm -hmm. you, you know, and I think one thing that deserves time and attention, I think, is thinking about what alternative things you might do in the presence of this person, whoever this hypothetical person is, while you're not in the presence of this person. Because while you're while you're in his or her presence, your guts are churning, you know, and your blood's boiling and all the kinds of things that diminish your capacity to think clearly <laughs> are going on. And now suddenly the situation is entirely different. You're not in a reactive mode now. Now you have a little sense of control of the situation. If, if for no other reason that you're not exhibiting your usual reaction, which after which you always feel bad about. Part of the reason why you want to resist that urge, either to get really angry or worse, to get really angry and say something inappropriate mm -hmm. back, mm -hmm. is that the anger ripples through the future because now you have to calm down, at least in the short term. Yep. And if you get angry and then say something nasty, that now has this long-term impact on your relationship with that person that can spiral out of control and make the future worse. And generally speaking, if you can find ways not to escalate bad situations in life, life is so much better. That, absolutely. And, you know, we know, right, that experiences that have intense emotion, particularly negative emotion, are quickly committed to memory. And so one of the things that Art's saying about just the, the way brains work in terms of having some negative, nasty interaction that those kinds of things, they stay around in memory for a very long time. And, and there are evolutionary reasons why that would be the case. And Art gave the best advice of this whole show is just don't escalate the negative. 
You're not trying to avoid conflict. That's actually not a good thing to do. You're trying to behave differently. So what's what's the difference between uh, trying to avoid conflict and trying to navigate your environment so you don't have a negative interaction? Because avoidance behavior is out of your control. So if I see Art as a very unpleasant person to interact with, and every time I see him walking down the hallway, I try to find another path to get where I'm going. Well, now Art's presence is driving my behavior. Yeah. Right? Because here comes Art. I got to go that way because Art's here, you know? And so all of those things just build up my resentment of this guy. Yeah. Hell, he didn't even do anything this time. I just saw him come in my direction, you know? So so now I can say to myself, I'm going to go by Art's desk and say good morning and just keep walking. Now, what what is that? You know? And Art's thinking, what? Bob just walked by my desk and said good morning. I'm now in control of the situation. I'm not just reacting to art. And so rather than doing what all of us tend to do with people that we don't get along with well is avoid them, no, I'm not going to avoid them. I'm going to initiate interactions where I'm starting the interaction and it's going to be positive. And then I'm going to go away, yeah. right? Put you in a totally different relationship, at least for the moment, with that person. And, and I think, Bob, I think that's absolutely right. You know, so partly it's seizing control of it. And the other difference between avoiding versus not escalating is we all know that there are times when someone says something to us that's just completely jerky. <laughs> And there are lots of ways to respond to that. And one way to respond to that is to take the intention of the communication, leave, leaving aside the jerkiness, but just the request that's being made. Someone's asking you to do work. They do it in a really nasty way. And just take that intention as that's what they said to me. Mm-hmm. And leave the jerkiness apart and go, okay. you know. And all you're doing is responding in a way that doesn't carry the rest of the tone of the conversation with it. Right. Certainly holding your tongue when you know and can see that the consequences of your speaking out are going to have no positive outcome except momentary satisfaction, that's probably a good thing. But if you're in a situation where you feel like you have no recourse and you don't ever have any recourse and you just have to take it, right, all the time, it's a very, very unpleasant situation to find yourself in. And And something we've talked about in past shows is that there are these ego depletion effects, this mm-hmm. idea that, that continued self-regulation makes it harder to continue regulating yourself in the future. Yeah. If you're in an environment in which this worst possible case where you do have to keep preventing yourself from saying or doing the wrong thing all day, right. you need to have a lot of understanding from the people around you to let them know that it's going to take you a while to kind of build back up and be a, a pleasant person and not just say the first thing that comes to mind once you get out of that situation. Next week, we'll explore the psychology of civility with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. You can listen back to this show at KUT.org or subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. David Alvarez is our engineer, and I'm Rebecca McEnroy. I produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas.